0: Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church. Located in Evansville, Indiana, we are a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. If you'd like to find out more information about Providence, you can visit our website. That information will be available to you at the conclusion of this video. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. This is edition number 23 Season 8, as we continue working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith. Today we come to the concluding paragraph of Chapter 4, Chapter 4, Paragraph 2, this chapter dealing with the subject of creation. But Let's pray first and then we'll consider this paragraph together. Our Father, as we come now to these very important truths as given to us in your Word and summarized here in this historic document that has been such a help and guide, for many Christians throughout the ages, we pray that you would instruct us by your word, you would teach us, that you, through your spirit, would open our eyes and our ears to the truths that are given here. We pray that you'd forgive us for our sins and our transgressions, that you'd help us to walk according to your purpose, all according to your ways, and use your word as we discuss it this morning to guide us as we seek to do all that you have told us, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we come to paragraph 2 of chapter 4. In the uh, Tuesday edition, we looked at matters in paragraph 1 related to the creation of all things. In the space of six days, God made all things visible or invisible and all very good. Paragraph 2 focuses in on what is uh, known or has been referred to as the crown jewel of God's creation, and that is the creation of Uh, man and woman. And so we read there, after God had made all other creatures, he created man, male and female. Now let's just stop there and consider what was just said. After God had made all other creatures. This is to say that man was made on the sixth day of creation week, the final day of creation, after he created the beasts of the field and all other creatures previous, the fish in the sea, the birds of the air, and so forth. And this one has been reserved on this final day, this final act of God's creation week for a very specific reason. And so after God had made all their creatures, He created man, male and female, with reasonable and immortal souls. Now this makes the creation of man and woman different than the creation of the beasts of the field, the birds in the air, and the fish in the sea. We, as God's crown jewel, created finally... On the last final act of creation and creation week, have been given reasonable and immortal souls, endued with knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, and true holiness, after his own image, having the law of God written in their hearts and power to fulfill it, and yet under a possibility of transgressing, being left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject unto change. Beside this law written in their hearts, they received the command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which while they kept, they were happy in their communion with God and had dominion over the creatures. There's lots, there's much here to unpack. We don't have the time to deal with every specific nuance, but I do want to just highlight a couple of things just very quickly. First, Genesis 127, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, I don't think I need to remind those of you who watch uh, this devotional on a regular basis, or even maybe if just for the first time, that we live in a very confused world, where there are people who advocate, and they do so with a straight face, um, that there are more than male and female in the world. That somehow we've messed this up and got it wrong for all of the millennia that man and woman have been running around this planet. That somehow there are more than two sexes. You know, I hate to disappoint those people, but well, actually, I really don't care. The fact remains is that God created. Uh, he created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So whatever the world is trying to tell us about this issue, uh, let God be uh, true and every man a liar. God made us male and female. That will never change. That is the way it's been. It's been that way since creation. It will be that way until the end. It will always be that way. It is never changing. It is foolishness, of course, for men to rebel against this but it's really the outworking and the consequence of their own sin and rebellion against a holy God but God made them male and female the word of God makes that very clear and of that there is no question it's not even really a matter of interpretation it just flat out says it male and female he created them done end of discussion now with this creation He endowed them with reasonable and immortal souls. Now, this is different, as I've mentioned already, from the creation of the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and so forth and so on. Genesis 2, 7, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. This is to say that God made us body and soul. He made us He fashioned us this way. We we have bodies because God gave those bodies to us. We have a soul, and as the confession rightly states, it's an immortal soul. That is to say, the soul will never die. It'll either live on in eternity and apart from the comfortable presence of God or it will live on in eternity in the comfortable presence of God. But in either case, the soul will live forever. Uh, So, we are body and soul. We are unique. We have been endued with knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness after God's image. Now, this means that we were made in the image of God. Now, this doesn't mean we look like God. God doesn't have a body. He doesn't have visual appearance in the sense that we do. He is a a pure spirit. We've already considered that from chapter 2. But it does mean that we are rational creatures, that we are able to reason, that we can think, that we can make decisions, that we can work through problems, that we can do all sorts of things that an intelligent being should be able to do. And God has given that graciously to us. He did not create us as automatons. We are not robots. We are people that have... um, have been endued with knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness. Now, this is, of course, the status of man before the fall. True knowledge, true righteousness, and true holiness. And there are plenty of verses to support that. I don't have the time to go read them, but you can see them. They're in the notes of the video, as well as on the websites, um, and as well as uh, there uh, at the beginning of this section, as I'm discussing it. He placed the law of God on their hearts. That is to say that they knew right from wrong. They were given a conscience and they were given um, means by which they know right from wrong because the law of God was written there for them. And this is why Adam and Eve, when they fell in the garden, they hid themselves and they were afraid and they they heard the sound of God walking in the garden and they went and hid. Well, why did they do that? Because they had a guilty conscience. And they wanted to get away from Him. Because he knew what they had done. And so he's given them the law, he gave them the power to fulfill it, but they were mutable creatures, as we are mutable creatures. And so they had the possibility of transgressing as they were left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject unto change. This is precisely what the confession means here. That they did have the ability to keep the law of God. What was that law? That which was written in their hearts. But more specifically, as the Confession says, this command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which while they kept, they were happy in their communion with God. Genesis 2.17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, we know what happens, and uh, we'll get to the matters of the fall here soon enough in chapter 6. But we know what happens. Man exercises this liberty, and they sin against the holy God, and they fall in the garden. And then they are, of course, removed from his comfortable presence as they were initially uh, created. And so, just in summary, just to make this very simple today, it's not complicated material Uh, God made us male and female. Of that, there is no debate or discussion. Now, foolish people will debate it, but it's really silly. Uh, It's man and woman forever. That's it. God made them with true knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. He made uh, man and woman after his own image with the ability to think, reason, make decisions, do commit. Make choices, and on and on it goes. Uh, The law of God was written there on their hearts. That's why even the unregenerate know right from wrong. They know that murder's wrong. They know that this uh, stealing is wrong. They know this is. Why do they know that? Because they read the Bible, perhaps. But the real reason is is because God gave them a conscience. And while they work really hard to suppress that information in them, the fact remains is that they do know right from wrong. And why is that? Because God made them after His image. Of course, our first parents had the, the ability to fail, they had the ability to fall, and they chose that route because they would not keep the command that God gave to them. Had they kept it, they would have been happy in their communion with God, and they would have continued in their dominion over the other creatures. And so this is a summary exp- uh, explanation of what paragraph 2 of chapter 4 teaches us. So paragraph 1 General aspects of creation in six days, God made all things visible and invisible in the space of six days. Paragraph two, more focus now, uh, looking at the creation of man, male and female, and all that goes with it. And this concludes then, therefore, the entire chapter on matters related to the doctrine of creation. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so, until the Thursday edition, when we begin to look at chapter 5, the doctrine of providence, which is my favorite doctrine to discuss and, and to think upon, may the Lord help you today. May you walk in His ways. God bless.